Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, um, to another episode of Real Euro Football Talk. Um, it is myself, as always, Coach Mele, along with actually, I don't know if Coach Lira knows this, he's actually my boss, Coach Sebastian Fonda, here in the GFL South, and we have another special episode. Actually, this is on the eve. Um, this is a little special shout out to myself, because my birthday's tomorrow, but we're doing this right now. <laughs> we could be <laughs> celebrating on the eve of Corona, but no. Anyhow, we have a special guest today, and this is something I've been kind of wanting to do for a while to give more exposure to American football, actually more in North America. And we have the honor of having Coach Hugo Lira with us today. He is from, and let's get this right, from Borrego Salvajes Campus Puebla, right? Right. <laughs> because like we just talked in the pre-talk, and just so everybody knows, sometimes guys get complicated with it. Um, we have AFI, American Football International. They did a rankings. Um, Insider Japan did a rankings too. And they did one post a few, I think, months ago, which kind of had a list of how many Borrego teams there are in Mexico and how complicated it can be. But how's everything going on your end now in, uh, in Mexico right now? Well, we are uh, adapting to this uh, kind of work in, uh, in, in the house. The home office starts at 8 in the morning and ends like in midnight. So it's kind of hard, yeah. especially for us as a coaches, we have to follow our players in, in academics mm -hmm. and workouts and everything by uh, work, working with, the, with Zoom or yeah. other platforms to, to keep, uh, keep track because we are hoping to, to get back in business and start with practice at the football field. Okay. Um, quick question, because we talked about a little bit in the pre-talk, um, how is that right now for you guys? Because of course you guys have some sort of lockdown going on and so forth, but what are the restrictions that you have right now with your team? What are, what are you allowed to do and what are you not allowed to do? Well, um, fortunately for us, we don't have to, we don't have limits like, and, like in the NCAA because coaches cannot have uh, like meetings by Zoom and talking for uh, football with the players, for example. We don't have that, uh, that problem. We, we, we have like uh, uh, meetings and installs with the teams, with the players, and we are working, uh, we, we, are, we are following their, them in, with, the, with the platforms that we have, like Hodl and everything we can use by, by internet so okay. so we don't have any any trouble doing that we have to adapt as a coach to use like uh, other other uh, other ways to to work, keep working with the with the players for example um, uh, last last week we start using nearpod uh, canva.com and and other platforms to 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 test the players the playbooks and everything so so it's kind of fun and to learn something new for for do our job. So we are we're trying to be competitive right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, where you are normally right now? You're in preseason season, or where you are normally right now? Well, our schedule is is pretty much like you in like USA. USA. Um, we have like for example in this part of the year. We were ending the the spring camps, for example, okay. at, at this this part of the of the year. But we start with the workouts and working in the gym and on the field from January from yeah January, and then uh, during the summer we have like the summer camp. We have uh, five weeks to work uh, with the team because the student athletes have classes during the summer also. Yeah. So they are at school um, 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 training with, with us. And then we have the, the fall camp, just like in, U in USA, and during August. And we start our league normally in September. I don't know if we want to have uh, some trolls to, to start uh, early September. Probably at the end of the September, we, we have our, our regular season. But uh, we don't know yet. Uh, but probably we start at, at, at September so at some point. I hope so. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, right now also, because I know I think you guys posted some stuff, I think maybe a month ago, some like some workouts in the gym. Um, is there something, do you guys have restrictions for the players being allowed to work out in the gym or how is that? No, no restrictions. Um, we have, we are, uh, our coach, our strength and conditioning coach is a coach from USA. Actually, he was part of Berlin Thunder, I think in 2000 with coach Peter Bass, That's, uh, coach uh, Ron McKeefrey. Yeah. He's our, our strength and conditioning coach. And he sent us the, the workouts, uh, the whole plan for the team for the whole year. And he's uh, following the, the players and the staff. Uh, yeah. So we are uh, doing this from 2018. Mm -hmm. So we have two, two years working with coach Ron and it's been a great experience. So right, because I know I, the funny thing is you mentioned it. I I I'm a good friend of Ron. Um, was it, he does everything through Train Heroic, right? That's what you guys have too. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. He helped me out last year when I was in Gdynia, and he actually updated our workouts the other day, and I have actually an access to it. But um, so basically, your players are accessing that through the app and then doing it on their own in the gym. Is that how it is right now? Well, we don't have gym right now. I mean. Some of the, the players have uh, some equipment, yeah. but not everybody. So we are using like the, the, I don't know how to say this in English, uh, the water bottle, like it's big. Okay, yeah. Like 20 liters. Okay, I got you. So we are, we are using that and some, some kettle, kettle bells okay. and rubber bands. Okay. But, but Coach Ron uh, has uh, another uh, workouts for this kind of equipment. So we have two, two workouts, one for the ones that have uh, access to uh, gym equipment and, and the other one is for uh, the one that who, has, who doesn't have uh, equipment enough. And, and you were saying you guys are, I mean, as coaches, you're being challenged to kind of like keep track of the guys and everything. I mean, how, how are you keeping track of the guys that let's say have equipment, don't have equipment. This is also with the app that you guys are making sure to check that they're doing stuff. Because like you just said right now, um, right now is preparation and you're, you have basically yes. spring football. Like how is that for you in terms of watching over them and trying to see that they are preparing somehow? It's been a challenge. We, we use everything, okay. all the tools that we can have. Okay. For example, uh, some of the coaches, well, uh, my politic as a head coach is uh, every unit coach or position coach is like a head coach for the unit. He's the leader of the unit. So he's in charge of everything in, in the unit. So in, the, in that position. So every coach has to decide uh, when uh, they, they meet by the, like uh, Zoom, for example, and they work out in front of the camera, in front of the computer and the coach is watching them at the same time. Sometimes it's not possible because the school is, is still going on yeah. and the, the student athletes has uh, their classes uh, at the same uh, schedule that they used to. Right. So sometimes they are not, uh, not at the, the meeting with the coach and they do by themselves. They send picture or video and, and also uh, with the app, with the Train Heroic, yeah. you can have a, like a resume, resume of, the, of the session. So, so they send that, that uh, like screenshot and the coach, ha they, they, they could see the, the results and they, they following the, the workouts that way. So it's like, like a combination. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. I mean, I could, I could imagine, like, I mean, like you were texting me a little bit and you talked about, it's like, you're saying this is the most work you've had, you know, not having them on the field. And I can imagine, like you just said right now, you know, you're using basically every tool to try to keep track of them. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. And then, and like you just said, they also have school. Um, that's, that's very interesting. Cause I remember reading something today that said, I believe Iowa Iowa Hawkeyes, or I forgot who it was, they just said they want to start practicing in a month. And that, that sends shockwaves throughout the NCAA because the NCAA still hasn't said anything. And then it's interesting to see how you guys down in Mexico have a different kind of setup. You still have restrictions, 
but they're going to school and you have to try to get them ready. So that's very, very interesting. Um, that's crazy. Um, the other thing yes. I want to talk about is how you've been there since I believe 2012 um, with the um, Borrego Salvajes Campus Puebla. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's a long name. I'm just going to say, it. I'm going to be honest. It's a lot. No, it's okay. How has that been just in, just in regards to the development? Because like we see in the background, I mean, you have a gorgeous facility and from what I know, a lot of people not love it. Perfect. <laughs> We're going to go with it hundred um, percent. It's a shame you can't use it. But anyhow, for a lot of people, even out here in Europe and even in North America, they don't really know the development and the level of football in Mexico, because especially from what you just said, to be honest, when I hear everything and everything being the setup, this is like run like a division one school, you know, I mean, from your personal experience and since you've been in the States and so forth, I mean, what, what, what can you say about the comparison to let's say division one football in the States, your, your current setup that you have there? Well, um, Mexico participate in the FISU football tournament, the FISU. And they, uh, we have, we were uh, like, we we got the championship against USA or in 2018 and 2019. The the countries that were in that tournament were uh, like Japan, USA. In the beginning of this tournament, in it was Sweden at Uppsala in 2014. So um, Mexico is is. Just behind, I, I mean, talking about the football level, is just behind Canada and USA. And sometimes we are competing against uh, with Japan for the third place in the world. In, uh, and talking about our schools, here we have this, the same system like, uh, like in NCAA, about uh, you have to, to have student athletes not just athletes. So we are not a club, we are a college with, with teams. So yeah. I, I think it's the main difference from Europe, for example, that the, the sports are, uh, are more similar, like, like, like in USA. I, I'm, I mean, uh, you, you have sports at college and you, you can have a scholarship for being part of the, a team. And that that happened in in football, uh, soccer, um, baseball, basketball, um, what else? Tennis and other sports depends of the schools. Okay. Uh, even golf, for example. Yeah. And uh, here, uh, uh, a way to say our name is shorter is is Tech Tech Puebla. Puebla, okay. we'll do that. Or, or Borregos Puebla, that's, Borregos Puebla. that's enough. <laughs> okay, okay. But here, here in Puebla, we are, we are uh, last year, we, we were uh, third place in our league. Our league was Conadape. Conadape is a league uh, for private schools. Mm -hmm. okay. And the other leagues is more uh, for public schools. But this year, this year 2020, we we were uh, unified in uh, one league, so so it's gonna be interesting uh -huh. the the competition this year. It's been, uh, from I think the the last time that ha that happened was two thousand nine. Okay, probably, probably I'm wrong, but it was two thousand nine, the last time that we were all together playing in the same tournament. So it's this year is is important for us because we are uh, at, this, at at one league okay. at last what is and uh, sometimes we compete against uh, some college in united states okay. uh, division three and division two and we we ha we are kind of the same level of, i mean talking about the football yeah. but in infrastructure is is different totally different um, they have more, uh, more, better facilities, of course, better scholarships, and of course, uh, sometimes better, better athletes. Uh, I mean, in number, the, the roster is bigger than us. And for us in Tech Puebla, uh, at the roster we have 63 players, but we are like in the middle, like some of the teams like Tech Monterrey. 
Campus Monterrey, they are like 78. Udla, uh -huh. uh, Aztecas Udla, they, they have the same number, like 78, 75, 75 players, all student athletes with, uh, with scholarship. And, and it's like it's like this, like we have division one teams, but not everybody has the same number of the of players. Okay. So we, we were in third place last year and but only with sixty-three players, for example. So we are like in the middle of the of the ranking for for something to say. Yeah. And how is the, the setup for the season when you say now that everyone wanna to come together? Is it like in the USA you have a lot of ball games at the end of the year or you have just a big national championship game like in Europe the most time just have one big final for each league? Well, we don't have like many bowls like like in the United States. Yeah. We have only only one. Yeah. Only one per league. I mean, last year we have like the championship game uh, for Conadep and the championship game for Onefa, who is the, the, the league for public schools. Now we are at Onefa, everybody. Okay, at the end of the, the year, we, we have a bowl game, Aztec Bowl. And it was uh, like all, I don't know how to say that, like uh, we have like all Mexico from Conadep and all Mexico from uh, Onefa. And, And we, we have uh, a bowl, Aztec bowl playing each other. And Onefa won the, the game for, for one point only. So it was very, a, a very good game. Yeah. But before 2019, we have like two bowls, one for Conadep and one for Onefa against uh, a, a college from uh, states, United States. Sometimes, uh -huh. most of the time is, is again uh, against uh, A division three team. Interesting. Yeah. And how how much spectators coming to a normal season game for your university? And how much spectators um, watching then the the, the final? Mm. Well, sometimes depends of the teams. But uh, for example, in Onefa, the the final game, the championship game, it was the, the stadium was full, many people, a lot of people. Probably more like more than 20,000 people. Wow, it like, was big. In yeah. Canada, it was I think it was like 13, 13,000. Yeah. At yeah. the stadium. Because I think two years ago, or maybe last year, no, no, no two years ago, there was that uh, European Warriors. There was also against right. Team USA in Mexico. I don't know if it was in your yes. area. Um, but the guys coming home and they were like, wow, we expect nothing. Mexico football, you know, nothing. And they say, wow, it was a stadium. It was mm -hmm. packed and we beat the damn Americans. <laughs> so Euro <laughs> was like, they were fired up. They're like, wow, Mexico is a football country. Which I also not uh, really know. I just know Team Mexico from the, from the World Cups always. Uh, in American football. Yeah. yeah, well, football in Mexico has more than 100 years, so it's, it's kind of big here. Uh, we have, uh, for example, here in our program, we have uh, kids, we have youth, youth, uh, youth football from eight years old to college, to 2000, I mean, 25 years old, sorry. Wow. And how about your journey? When you start with football and how... How did or where it brings you everywhere? I mean, Coach Mello already uh, gets some points out, but uh, where brings you American football to Europe and to the States and how it starts your way as a player and as a coach? Um, you say uh, how I get involved in as, as yeah. a player? Yeah. Well, my father, my father played uh, when he was young at, the, at college. And um, my mother didn't like it at all. Okay. But, <laughs> but when I was a little kid, I always wanted to to play football. It was like my uh, my favorite sport ever. Yeah. But I, I couldn't I couldn't practice football until I was nine years old. Before that, I had to to be in 
every sport that my mom wanted me to to practice, like uh, like I don't know, swimming, uh, soccer, basketball, yeah. uh, gymnastics, all. But when I was nine years old, I I was every time I was asking for for playing football. So when I was nine years old, I start playing. I play uh, youth football from nine years old to to fifteen years old. Then I started in high school playing uh, football in, in Querétaro. Querétaro, it's a city north to Mexico City, right. uh, like two hours by car, so not, not, not very far. And uh, I started playing there, and somebody told me that, that there were a scholarship for playing football in some of the main college. Okay. So I, I got interested, interested in, in being part of this this journey so so um, I keep working and then I got a scholarship in UDLA, UDLAP. Um, I got my major there I play four years uh, college level there and then I got uh, the, the, the chance to to be in a, like the combine in Mexico for the NFL Europe okay. um, some of the coaches from NFL Europe like like um, like Sean Fata, for example, they, they travel to, to Mexico and they, uh, they see the talent there. And I was, I got, I was invited to, to be in the training camp in Tampa Bay, Florida. Yeah. Then we have, we have the national camp. The national camp means it was where every player from different country other than USA was there to compete for a, for a spot in the teams of the, yeah, not the, many uh, per team or so, or there was not many, not many national spots on this NFL Hero teams, or no, it was eight, eight play, eight national for team. The roster was the total, the total players of the roster were uh, forty-eight players. So that means forty spots for Americans and just only eight places uh, yeah. spots for uh, for non-American players. Wow. So it was kind of hard to to get there. It was difficult because there were players from from Germany, from Japan, Russia, Spain, uh, Australia, Austria, everywhere. So it was really hard. Uh, Mexico participating in those camps sometimes with ten players, eight players. So it was it was hard, but. At the end of this national camp, the teams decide who can go to the next phase, uh, the next level, and we can go to to uh, to be allocated in a in a team. For example, in 2003, I was allocated first of all in, in Barcelona Dragons. During the camp, uh, they moved me to Berlin Thunder with coach Peter Bass, and and I I played two scrimmage there with them with. With Berlin Thunder, uh, Sean Fataf was the running back coach uh, that year in 2003. Yeah. At the end of the at the end of the camp, Coach Peter Bass told me, "Hugo, I got good and bad news for you." So I was very nervous, but he told me the good news is that you are you're still traveling to to Europe with the with uh, with the league. The bad news is you are not going with us because Frankfurt Galaxy asked for, for you to go with them. So you, uh, you have to be transferred to, to Frankfurt. So yeah. I went to, to the, the hotel that, uh, where the Frankfurt Galaxy were uh, there. And I had to, to learn another playbook before the, before the season starts. So I had just one week to learn the, the playbook. It was kind of hard. So my first team in NFL Europe was Frankfurt Galaxy. Um, the head coach was Coach Graver. My offensive coordinator was was uh, Coach Dwayne Painter. He he was a great teacher, great coach. Mm -hmm. He was with the San Diego Chargers when they were in the Super Bowl. Uh, they were he was he were uh, he was with the uh, Dallas Cowboys also. So he was a great coach. Um, and then we we uh, that year in 2003 we got the championship we we won the World Bowl 
awesome. against uh, Rainfire. Yes, big, big one. Düsseldorf was always uh -huh. huge. They compete in everything, also the beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, quick yeah. question for you: How? Because I mean, you like you said, you came up the ranks. You played, you played uh, football for Udlap, the Aztecas, and also the coaching there. How was that jump, just overall, you getting from camp to camp and now making it to, let's say, the Frankfurt Galaxy and ultimately winning a championship there and runners-up? But how was that going from, let's say, Mexico to that? Was it what, – what was the biggest obstacle for you? Like, what, what was the hardest part? Was it the talent or was it more the system or what was it? Or was it the environment for you? Well, it was everything because, first of all, here in Mexico, I was running back. But – um, my structure, my body structure, noise is not like a running back for for a professional football. So, so I moved to I have to move from running back to wide receiver. Okay. So it was that was the the first challenge was that what was that okay. because uh, the fundamentals that you have to learn as a receiver in this level it, it was uh, really really hard. Okay. I have to change the way I run. And, and that uh, that was hard. It, it took time. Okay. Also, the, the game speed it was also hard to adapt because every, everything was moving so fast. My speed was okay, but my game speed has to had to adjust to this kind of level. Right. And also the, the playbook was uh, especially the the Galaxy playbook. It was really hard because we use uh, different personnel like. 20 personnel, 21 personnel, 10 personnel, 11 personnel, 12 personnel. So, so it was hard. And you have a lot of motions as a receiver. But it was hard, really hard for me because when I was running back, I, I, I only think, uh, I only hear uh, inside zone, counter, cross, <laughs> and that's it. You stay just behind the, the QB and that was it. So, but as a receiver, you have to move from all the, the field. So it was hard too. Okay. And also the, the language was hard for me because uh, I, I learned English when I was at, at college. I went to Wisconsin Lacrosse for a, a, a change program. I was there for four months and that was it. Okay. The, the English that I have is, is from those four months in, uh, that I spent in, in, in Wisconsin. So it was hard to learn. Uh, to learn to speak and understand English uh, during those days with the with the team in Frankfurt, the culture was was uh, was okay because uh, I could speak English uh, with people in, in the streets and they understand me, so it wasn't that hard. Um, I love I love Germany; it's my favorite country in Europe. I love the 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 weather. I, I like. Because it's cold, I like that. Because in Mexico all the time is is hot and rainy, yeah. <laughs> especially here in Puebla, you have a lot of rain. Yeah. But uh, I love it there. You expect yeah. something like that when you're coming over, because the NFL Euro was yeah a huge show. It was yeah with cheerleader firework. Yeah city full with commercial about the game days you expect something like that or was just like a little surprise in the well, also a soccer country germany no i i expect that at, at least at the all the everything that is around football I, I was expecting that because i saw the the tv and everything how it was really interesting Yeah. But uh, the thing that really surprised me it was uh, the how the the how say that uh, for example that you mentioned that Frankfurt Galaxy and and Renfire they they compete in both cities compete in everything yeah. food beer sports so it, I, I was surprised of that that, that uh, how say that rivality. Right, yeah, the rivalry. Yeah, that's that's pretty big in, in, in sports. And and what do you like more? You were by two teams, so the Berlin Sandler and the Frankfurt Galaxy. What when you look back? What was your? Uh, of course, you win a World Bowl with Frankfurt. That is always always nice. 
But what you like more because Berlin Sander was so the the overall team in, 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 in Germany. Everyone know. I think that a record champion of, of the NFL hero Berlin Sander. Would you would you like more? Well, it's it's a difficult question because um, I love both cities. I love I love both teams, but my experience as a player, uh, I had the chance to be more uh, more more game time in my last year in in 2005 with Berlin Thunder. Yeah, and also because I was uh, the fourth receiver there. In, wow. in Berlin Thunder. So when they called 10 personnel, I was the fourth receiver. So I play a lot with Berlin. In okay. Frankfurt, I was like the fifth uh, receiver. Uh, as you know, uh, one of the rules in NFL Europe was that every time it was, it, it had to be at least one one uh, national player uh, in the game. Yeah. In, in every play. So um, in Frankfurt Galaxy, there was one of my good friends, uh, Mark Suma. It was a, a French receiver yeah. there in, in Frankfurt. So he was uh, like a veteran there. So I was behind him. I was learning the position as a receiver. And uh, also he was a great, uh, great friend, great player. So I had to be behind him. So I, I didn't play a lot uh, as a receiver, but I, I play a lot in special teams in Frankfurt. Also, I have a, a record in kickoff return in, in 2004. We have a, in the World Bowl, I have the, the record for the longest uh, kickoff return in the, in the World Bowl. So the special teams were a, a big part of my life there in, in Frankfurt. In Berlin, it was both. I played as a receiver and I, and I played in, in special teams. I was a special team captain that year in, in Berlin Thunder. Uh, Coach Sebastian just said you were like the Mexican Jul uh, Julian Edelman. <laughs> he's also said. Doing, doing everything. That's true. Yeah, he was uh, also doing everything. I mean, we know the special team is very, very important. Um, how did how did now that transition, let's say, going, was it, you said two seasons with the Galaxy, one year with the Berlin Thunder, and then now ultimately going to, let's say, the Carolina Panthers and going so forth in that direction. How, how did that come? Well, at the end of the season, well, you know, we lost the World Bowl against uh, Amsterdam Admirals that year in 2005. So I went back to, to Mexico and I was planning to travel to Argentina with my wife, and my older son. And uh, we were just, just about to travel and then I got a call from the Carolina Panthers and they, they told me that. I was invited to the training camp and, uh, and they sent me a, a, a flight ticket and I traveled to Carolina. It was an amazing experience. It was, uh, it was really hard because when I was, I, I was thinking that my game speed was, was good at good level. Yeah. I, I see the, I, I met the level, the game speed in NFL. It was, wow. It was, Totally different. It was like competing uh, from a. Sorry for what I'm gonna say, but no, it's okay. like in a bicycle race, and then go to a, a F1 race. So it was <laughs> the, the game speed was really, really hard, hard. really, really different, okay. very fast, okay. yeah, and amazing. And you, you went, uh, you were at the practice field, and, and everybody wants to know who who you are just because you are wearing a. The, the uniform, so it doesn't matter if you are Mexican or or other country. The the people there, the fans, they saw you with the with the gear, yeah. yeah. And, and they want to know everything about you. People there thought I was uh, the kicker <laughs> yeah. because I was. That team. In this time at the Carolina Panthers, I don't remember the name, but they had the quarterback who played also in the NFL hero, who lost it later the Super Bowl to the Patriots. DeLong. Jake DeLong. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Exactly. Jake, yeah. Jake DeLong. Yeah. Right. I, I, I remember that because you say the German, but back to the, sorry, to the um, Brodin Zander, you say you, you go to the World Bowl against the Amsterdam Admirals. 
that was my first uh, NFL Europe game I watched. And it was in Düsseldorf. We played against the Amsterdam Admirals uh, in the stadium. And I'm from Dresden. I'm 700 kilometers away. And I told my mom, I'm driving the car for my dad. And I go with a colleague. And he has also a driver license. And everything is fine. We split the time, like eight hours in the car. But he has no driver license. So I'm driving alone to watch this game 700 kilometers away. And uh, I remember that. It was, it was a great, great game. Yeah, just to... So I see you play, probably. Yes. That's, uh, that's amazing. That's, yeah. yeah, a lot of people from, from Germany move uh, everywhere to, to see the, the World Bowl. For example, in 2003, yeah. my first World Bowl, it was at Scotland. Oh yeah, the Scotland. Yeah, I don't know. I forgot the name about the Scotland. Claymores. Claymores. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. It's big time. Yeah. Yeah, they travel a lot to just to to watch the games. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, but back to the to the NFL. How was it then? And um, how you end up then? You you make it to the roster, or you you get some playing time, or how was it with the Carolina Panthers then? Sorry, say uh, it was. Let's hang on. Can you repeat again the, the question, please? My internet connection is okay. is a little bit. Yeah, no Yeah, how was the, the the final time then with the Carolina Panthers? Uh, you you make the roster or you get cut or you get playing time. Um, how how was it then? Well, um, I I play. Uh, I played in the first uh, uh, training camp game against the Redskins, like a couple minutes, the last one in the fourth quarter. And then I played to the last game in the preseason game. It was against uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And I played from the second quarter to the end, especially with the special teams. But as a receiver, I, I get in in the rotation uh, from the third quarter, so I have uh, game time there, and uh, I caught a pass uh, for six yards. For me, it, it was like got caught a touchdown, but it was only six yards at the end of the game. Uh -huh. But uh, but it was it was great for me. Yeah. And the next day, I got a call uh, for the head coach from the head coach uh, John Fox, and he told me that. I wasn't in the in the roster, but they they wanted they wanted to me to to bring me for the next year. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I got I got caught. But uh, I I was planning just to get retired after that because I decided that because I was 27, 27 years old and I, I I thought that it was time for me to to get a, a normal a regular job and be. Uh, uh, spend more time with my family because uh, every time I, I travel to Europe, I, I have to be away from my son and my wife, and it was hard. It was really hard for me, so I decided to get retired and, and start coaching. But I was the whole training camp there with the with the Panthers, so I got retired uh, at my best uh, football level. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a thing from no matter what, if it was a second or 10 years, you make a dream comes true. Be an NFL player on the roster, mm -hmm. um, get a ball, you know, your name is in the books forever. You, you had the chance to, to get, I mean, I always say when I would do, I would, I would take everything with me, my helm, my jersey, <laughs> everything. Was there a chance? Because we yeah. heard already the NFL is really strict in that. You had a chance to get your jersey at least from the from the Panthers. Yeah, I got my jersey. <laughs> I want to bring my helmet, but they didn't let me. Didn't yeah, let me. I, this is the thing we really because we had in the past a lot of German guys who played in the NFL, and you always think, oh my goodness, I mean, this is a helmet, and this NFL teams have so much money, but they really say that they're, they're looking at you. They're looking at you as you not take the stand helm with outside. I was like, oh, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. But no, it's a lot of respect. It's a lot of, a lot of great stations as a player, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, 
And then, and then from that point, like you just said, I mean, you decided, you know what, this is like the pinnacle. This is the top that I'm probably going to play at. And like you said, you want to be closer to the family and so forth. You want to go to coaching. How did that ultimately now lead you to going the college way? Were you already coaching before a little bit um, on the side or how did that come to be now? Yeah, I really love to teach. If I wasn't a coach, uh, probably I, was, I were a, a professor at some school. Uh-huh. So when I was 17 years old, I started to coaching youth football, uh, like kids from nine years old, mm-hmm. and and I never stopped coaching. So when I get back to to Mexico, I start uh, my first uh, head coaching job was at uh, a small college in Querétaro, uh-huh. UVM, and they have a football program for uh, youth football and. Uh, and also uh, high school, high school uh, wow. level. So I start there. And I start coaching there, and then I got uh, invited to to coach uh, at college in in Mexico State. Um, it's very close to Mexico City. It's pretty much the same city. Okay. And I spent five years being a receiver coach there, and then I got the opportunity, the chance to be part of this. Uh, this team here in, in, in Tech Puebla. Okay, and this was all as a, as a full-time coach? You're already getting this straight into? Yes, uh, this is some of the, the things that I like here in, in Mexico because uh, a lot of uh, schools have uh, full-time coaches. Okay. And you don't have to, to do, to be uh, like a math teacher or, or other things, you, you can be, really involved in, in football okay. uh, for example in, in states united states if you are uh, in some in most of the high school teams you have to be like uh, another uh, kind of teacher yeah right besides uh coaching football right. but here in mexico you can be a full-time uh, football coach even if you are your only uh, high school coach in some schools not not every school mm-hmm. of course depends on the size of the school. And, but for example, here in, in, in my program, in my school, we are uh, 10 coaches and um, nine of the 10 uh, coaches, we are full-time. We only have one coach who is part, part-time. Wow. So, so we are um, pretty much like in USA. That's great, that's awesome. Yeah. Yes, because we can uh, we can really be full time involved in, in football all the time. So it, that's great. We we do what we love. Now that's Perfect. that's that's something that, to be honest, a lot of people I think, and especially like I mean, you know, this with the business also being out here and in, in Europe a little bit, and for Europe, but a lot of people don't understand like you know, like in Mexico, they have that where, like you said, some schools have the opportunity to be full time because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess the, the schools take it seriously, right? It's very competitive in Mexico, mm-hmm. the level of football. That's right. Very competitive. Very competitive. I mean, how, how, like you said, I think in the pre-talk, you said you would compare the level in Mexico to what in the States? Division three? Two? Division three and sometimes uh, division two. Okay. Okay. Um, in, in, in your respective program that you've been at since 2012, um, how is the structure that you have and that, let's say, has changed over the years in your vision and so forth? Because you've been there for a while, you know, and of course, like, did you already have, let's say, the facilities that you had now or did that come part of results and so forth? Well, at the beginning, we, we have uh, a very uh, small uh, budget in and also, uh, like our offices were really small. We were like in a in a classroom, okay. just just uh, close to each other in the in in one uh, small room. Okay. Right now, we have a better office, uh, bigger, and uh, the recruiting is 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 getting better also every year because uh, the results that we have. Our program is every year we we graduate like 10 to 15 players, so the student athletes. So it's, that's big even here in Mexico. So our program is very successful in academics uh-huh. and uh, in, in, sport, in football also. Almost every year we, we are in, in the playoffs. Well, 
in 2017 and 2018, we didn't get to the to the playoffs, but our our team is, is one of the the well, we are in the, in the top ten teams in Mexico. Mm -hmm. So we are every year we are getting better in in both parts, in academics and also sports. So like in Mexico, I assume it's like the states, right? You have to have like a like a minimum grades to be able to play. Is it the same? Yeah, exactly. You have to be you have to pass like uh, 60, 65 percent at least of your uh, academic year. At least if you have like sixty three percent only, you cannot play. Uh -huh. You are not eligible to play. Is that is that like at the beginning of the season, or is that also like on a week to week basis? Because like for high, for example, for us in high school, it was also like beginning of the year and also week to week. Mm, let me see. Is it's like a you have like from uh, January to August? Uh -huh. That's the the first part. You have to 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 have that sixty five percent. But then, during the season, you cannot uh, take uh, classes. How do you say that? Like off, you cannot uh, put down classes, courses. So you have to keep you you have to to keep at least four classes. Okay. Like for example, I don't know, uh, math, uh, English. Uh, well, four classes at least. If you have three, you are not eligible during the season. Okay. So this is just uh, a little bit similar to, to what you say. It's similar to the States, how it is. Okay. I mean, like you said, like you guys tend to be very highly focused in education. Like we kind of talked about too. It's like you also want coaches that are also focused also on the success of, of, the, of the individual players' um, education because that's priority for you. I mean, in terms of recruiting, is is does that play a big, big role in Mexico? Because like I don't know how the setup is in high school with football and grades. Like, does that does that is that a very big hurdle when you guys are looking at recruiting wise, or how is that? Well, we have to watch uh, every part of every detail of the the player that that we recruit, okay. just like in USA. Right. Um, but especially for uh, Tech de Monterrey. It's, it's really hard. The, the school is, the academic is really hard. So we cannot recruit a player with low grades. Great. Okay. So the school asked us for, to have a, to recruit a player who from high school had a grade like uh, in a scale from one to 10, they have to have at least eight. Okay. Wow. I'm talking about the, the final grade yeah. from high school. So if he is like, 7.5 he cannot be here not in Tech de Monterrey it's really really hard but because the school is really really hard so if you recruit a player with that kind of uh, grade probably you want to lose him in, in the some point of the of his career so we have to take care of uh, our investment right I mean talking about because you said just right now especially you said right now it's an investment um, is it also kind of like the States when, when people are on scholarship, like their tuition is paid for, do they have somewhere to stay, meals, is that all covered within the scholarship? Well, in, in our case, yes, uh, but depends on the school. Okay. Even, even from Tech de Monterrey, we have differences. Okay. For example, our normal or regular uh, scholarship is 90% of okay. the, and, and that's for the academics. Okay. But we have uh, dorms, uh -huh. so we can provide uh, housing, housing in a dorm, okay. and also two meals a day, like breakfast and lunch. Okay. That's it. So the, the student athletes, they have to pay 10% for the, the, to the, the school, and then uh, he has to pay for, uh, for the dinner or, or the meals that they have besides the breakfast and lunch. Okay. And they, they have the chance to, to pay for the their own apartment if they want, mm -hmm. but we can provide the dorm. Okay. Um, but no, it's, that not, doesn't happen in every program. For example, in Tech, Tech de Monterrey Campus Querétaro, mm -hmm. they don't have meals and they don't have uh, 
dorms for the student athletes, mm -hmm. only the, the academic, academic scholarship. Okay. So like for you guys, how, how much is that 10% normally if, if the, the, what, the, what the players have to pay? How much is that normally, the 10%? Do you know how much that is average? Mm, let me think in dollars. Probably it's like probably like thousand dollars per probably per semester. Per semester, yes. I'm just just thinking about because I, I went private school in the states and that was it was like seven hundred bucks a month. You know, because I, I went mm. to tuition three and our tuition was twenty five thousand a year, or wait twenty five thousand yeah a year. So that's that's a lot of money, you know. When you kind of think about kind of the differences a little bit, that's very interesting. Um, you having players from other countries as on scholarships, like in we see in in, uh, in the United States, and like French, German, Swiss, Swedish guys getting scholarships. You having this in Mexico also a little bit, or or not? Yes, especially in in our program, we. We are very interesting in, in have a international experience for the team. Yeah. So sometimes we, we don't have the budget to, to travel to travel a lot outside of Mexico. I mean, yeah. So we bring players uh, like two years ago in 2018 we have a a nose tackle from Michigan, a big guy, big dude. Yeah. Um, he he play also in Division One, and we we get him a a master degree scholarship so we, he played with us in 2018 he got married married so so he stopped playing so that the <laughs> wasn't good for us but we had uh, japanese players before and we have a, a guy from from italy okay um, and also a guy from venezuela so we we could bring uh, people here to to play with us, okay. but uh, some like in 2012 or 2013 I don't remember we had a player from from Sweden. He 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 was in a in a regular exchange program, mm -hmm. so he he could play for us. So okay. that's another way. You are in exchange program. You can go like a, like a walk on. You can play with us. We had, uh, I remember in Algoy Comets, we had a guy that went to uh, Tech, Tecnologico Monterrey. And I, I, a buddy of mine that I played with out here in Germany when I played, he went and studied a year because he also studied engineering or something. And I remember showing up and when his practice jersey was the jersey for Monterrey. And I'm like, I know that team. You know? Uh -huh. But anyhow, um, I, think, I think for you guys, how many years of eligibility do you, you get? It's not four, right? It's more. Isn't it? Like it's more, yes. How many years? Yes, well, well, uh, in Canada, you could play seven years, okay. but the seventh year, you must be in a, in a, in a master degree. Master degree, okay. But in the other league that we are now, ONEFA, mm -hmm. you could play uh, until you are 25 years old. But the last year, you have to be at master degree. Interesting. Wow, mm -hmm. that's probably cool for some kids out there. I mean, yeah. spending your know, college time in Mexico. I mean, the worst place to be. Nice weather, yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's a good, good food too. Great yeah. school, yeah. yeah. Great yes. School. Oh. There's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of things. So feel free to, <laughs> to send us some messages if you're interested. We'll, we'll get everybody in contact with Coach Lira, and maybe somebody wants to go from Germany. There's some good players. That's yeah. the thing, because like right now with the NFL Pathway Program and the CFL Pathway Program, the issue is is like they look at a lot of guys, let's say 21 to 25, but to be honest, it's more younger, let's say 21 to 23. And if you don't fit that, for the most part, they're not going to bring a guy. But, like, I mean, mm -hmm. you know this too, like a lot of guys that probably you played with over here in NFL Europe, they were probably still going to school somehow. And that's kind of a possibility because we have a lot of guys that are still going to school that are good enough to play in the NFL, CFL, but because they're 24, 25, sometimes they say, eh, like we can't take you because, I mean, you know this too as a coach, especially at that level, they're going to try to take the younger guys now. Um, yes, definitely. correct. Yeah.
Um, how, how's the level of coaching in Mexico compared to the States? Because I mean, I think you're a guy that also goes and you learn in the States, you go to universities, you also go to the coaches clinic. Um, how would you say the level of football IQ and coaches is in Mexico compared to the United States? Well, um, as I say, uh, most of the teams have full-time coaches and they have the chance to, to go to, to, uh, programming in states like for the spring camp for a week or, or something like that you can see it in the ABCA convention you can see a lot of uh, coaches from Mexico traveling to states to to this convention mm -hmm. so I think uh, a, lo a lot of my colleagues they are uh, improving every year so the, the competition is is harder and harder not just in recruiting or football just only all, also in in getting better in knowledge, in football knowledge. So, uh, especially right now that you can see a lot of conferences in, in Zoom by coaches from states, you can see a lot of Mexicans taking the, 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 the clinics. So, uh, I think the, the level of football, football knowledge here for the coaches, I think is pretty good, pretty good. Um, do you guys also have conventions or clinics, like college ones, in Mexico for Mexican coaches? Or, or like you said, everybody normally goes to the States for conventions? Well, yes. Uh, for this, this, with this uh, lockdown, we, we have like a lot of uh, clinics uh, by Mexican coaches too. But also we have conventions. We, we have something very, pretty similar to the FCA, uh -huh. we also call, call, uh, call it uh, or name it FCA M, M for Mexico. Okay. In Spanish, we say AFCAM. AFCAM, okay. And we, uh, we talk about football, just exactly like the FCA convention states, just in Mexico. But in the last two years, we didn't have that. Okay. Because the, the main uh, organization, Okay. The, committee, com the committee, right, right, right. The the main, uh, the president was uh, the head. What's named? What's named? Uh, head coaching in in Mexico State. So he has an, enough time to organize everything. So he, everything was uh, suspended. Okay. What, what, uh, normally, when do you guys have that convention? Around when? During, during the summer. In the summer. Okay. During the summer. I guess I guess this year's not happening either because we have Corona. No, <laughs> no, but a lot of people were asking that we we should uh, do it again in uh, using the technology. Or, I mean sure. the, the clinics by the yeah. internet, and that yeah. that would be a good start. Okay. Yeah. Now that, that's interesting, you know, because especially like like you just said right now. I mean, I, I know I was doing this when the Corona thing started. There's the coaching summits and all that. They did it free. You know, you know, the AFCA was offering coaches free memberships just to keep everybody connected to in, in the coaching deal. But that's very interesting. Um, and then now with, uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys have had this already, but now you have the professional league, the, the LFA in Mexico. Um, Correct. How is that serving now as, a, as an alternative now? Because like, especially for a guy like you being able to play professional NFL Europe and essentially NFL, how is that now serving guys that let's say, maybe they're not good enough to play NFL or CFL, but now they can play professionally in Mexico because from what you were telling me and from what I've seen post too, like the LFA has become pretty big in Mexico. Well, the, the league is getting better, improving every year. Mm -hmm. I think the, the, the chance to be selected by, by the uh, CFL participating in Canada football, I think it's a, a big chance, a big opportunity for, for Mexican players uh, to be part of. So uh, I think that's a great thing with this league because this league uh, is like the, the first step to, to get in that league. But in the, in the other hand, uh, if you don't have the, the talent to, to be part in the CFL, um, as a coach from a college, we don't see it like a very good opportunity for our players, our student athletes, because we want them 
to be part of the industry or the business or everything because they they have a scholarship to be a, a professional in something so not 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 sport so but if we see a, a guy who has the talent to be part of the professional football uh, we would love to 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 push the the kid in that direction of course yeah but uh, i think it's a very very good chance for for mexican players do you know, I mean, I don't know if you know directly, but do, do the Mexican players make okay money in that league to be able to, to support themselves? Or is it kind of like maybe European standards? Uh, it's not like for living. I think it's just just something that you you get to spend time. I mean, you, you travel to your city to the practice field and and that's it. You, you get paid. Uh, every every game not the whole year so so you cannot live with this uh, salary no. but uh, it's just i think the the people who play there is just for fun or get in a cfl right because i've also seen some americans that i think for the most part more this year have gotten signed to play there there's been a few guys that played in europe that signed to play in mexico but you know like for us, we don't really, for the most part, we know more, at least for us in Europe, we know the States and then Europe, we don't really get much, much exposure to let's say Mexico. I mean, the, the only time I got some exposure from Mexico was, uh, you probably know them too, the podium. Yep. The podium, like they're, I mean, I, I, I know the owners are good friends of mine. I've worked for them and they're the ones that were telling me more about like Will Powell. He was telling me more about it because I guess right now they're more centrally focused on Mexico because you do have the university system too. So that's kind of where I started hearing more about Mexico. And I was surprised, you know, to kind of hear like, that's what's going on. Um, mm -hmm. And now you're looking at, let's say guys like, what's his name? Uh, Isaac Alarcón. Isaac Alarcón. Um, mm -hmm. came from the, your competitor. Tech de Monterrey, Monterrey. Tech Monterrey. I mean, are you seeing this now where you're saying, hey, like, like you just said right now, if you do see a guy that says has potential to go NFL, CFL, are you seeing over the years more guys that you say, hey, they, these guys can play professional at the highest level that let's say you were involved in? Yeah, I think, I think we have uh, players with great skills, great speed. Uh -huh. And in the case of Isaac Alarcón, they have the size also. Okay. So he, he he definitely can play. So he he have to adjust to the game speed and everything, of course. But he gonna be improving. I I know he's a great player, great com competitor. So I, I think um, in the future we we can have more more cases like like him. Definitely. That's 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 very interesting. Just looking at it, where you're saying, I mean, that, that makes me happy because you know I I have a Mexican heritage. And I remember even that was the one thing that kind of exposed me to it, where even my mom, now that she lives in Mexico, she's a teacher. She kind of always wanted me to go to Mexico. If I would have known this sooner that you can play until you're 25, I probably would have tried <laughs> that. But, you know, maybe coaching because I, I do I do have technically the, almost the, the dual passport I can get. <laughs> but that's interesting because, like we talked about, we have a lot of guys that can still play the game a few more years. And especially for schools like you, you know, education. And, and that's kind of the big thing that we do over here too. It's like, it's great if a guy can play for, for some top teams and basically make some, some pocket money, you know, but for us, I mean, especially for me, I'm like, go get an education, finish your school. You yeah. Know? I always, exactly. guys, like when I was in France last year, um, we had some good players that played in the German football league. And I told them like, if you're going to go somewhere, go there for three, four years, get them to help you so you get an education, get something out of it. Because like you just said, I mean, football, it's not going to be forever. And yes. Education, that's the big thing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Right. Um, what is your, what is now looking at it? Because this is now essentially year eight, nine for you. Yeah, I, I gonna, this is going to be my ninth season. Ninth season. What are you now looking at vision wise and so forth for your program? Right, because you said you're considered one of the top 10 teams. You do have the new league that's coming together. Yeah, you have Corona, but I'm pretty sure you have a vision saying, this is where I want to take this program now, especially with that new unified system. 
Well, first of all, I wanna, the whole country watching us like a very solid program, not just only in academics, okay. also in, uh, in football. Because most of the teams uh, or the media, they uh, see us like an underdog every time. And we, we want to, to be seen like a very solid uh, competitor to, to get the championship. Last year, uh, we beat some of the best teams in the country. We, we improved a lot. We had a great season last year. So this year, we have to be better than last year and the next one get the championship. If not, if it's not this year, we have to be the next one. I think every every step counts. So that's that's the main goal for us. Okay. Um, in, in the in the new season schedule, who who are the top teams you you're playing this year or supposed to play this year? That you say, hey, these these are some. Let's say for us over here in Europe, if you tell us to watch this game, we're gonna watch those games. Like who mm -hmm. who, who are the top? Let's say two teams you're playing this season. Well, uh, of course, uh, Monterrey Tech. Uh, Los Pumas, Pumas, Pumas EU, okay. and also uh, Aztecas Udlap. Those three teams we're gonna face this year. Uh, they are very good, very good teams. And I think definitely the ones that we have to beat. I think I think Pumas, Pumas has a big stadium, right? Yeah, There's a lot of people. Pretty big. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, like we talked about before, the player that played for me, played linebacker, he, he would show me videos and all his rings, you know, because I guess they were winning championships all the time, but the state, uh -huh. pictures of it, this is, it's crazy, you know, but no, I mean, definitely, um, you know, we, hopefully everything works out with the corona thing, which, and this is the one thing, I mean, I understand there's the whole pandemic and people are trying to be safe. What I think is very interesting is how you guys in Mexico are handling this, where, you know, as a coaches and as, a, as an institute, you're still focused on your kids going to school, but also at the same time preparing for hopefully the season, you know? So that's very interesting where every country is different right now, but we wish you nothing but the best. And we're going to, especially, I mean, we'll, we'll keep in touch and hopefully everything works out and you guys can kick off the season and we can watch these games. You know? Yeah. yeah. So we, we appreciate having you on and you taking the time out of your day. You know, it's been a pleasure to talk and everything, okay? Thanks for your time. Yeah. It was my pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank then, you. And have a good one and God bless. Be safe. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thank bye you bye. for having me. Have a good one. Adios. Adios. Cuídate. <laughs> <laughs>